Okie dokie, so this is going to be Modern Love 5. Um, <laughs> and it's called He's Never Going to Put Away That Shirt. And the caption is, sometimes it's the uneventful stretches of marriage that can be the real stress test. Um, so, and the, the like drawing is a woman with this vacuum cleaner or like this blow, blow dryer, leaf dryer, you know, leaf blower thing on her back. And there's the husband in midair upside down being leaf blown. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be quite funny. Also, I'm going to do this thing where I'll try to just um, talk and not, like, pause and re-record bits where I trip over words and don't read something perfectly or, like, go off on a tangent or, I don't know, be generally, like, stupid. <laughs> just so you get the, like, authentic experience. You know, so I'm not this... I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you would prefer. Would you prefer for me to be this, like, disembodied voice that is, like soothingly talking to you which I think that's why at the start I would try and make the recordings as perfect and like background noiseless as possible um because like I was like oh I want this to sound like you know like a podcast that you would like fall asleep to almost like super calm and chill and not monotonous but you know like those vibes but actually I don't know whether you just rather like Imagine me sitting in my chair, cross-legged, my phone in front of me on the table recording, my laptop in front of me, um, and here I am, like, talking to myself, essentially. Do you want to picture... It's a quite, it's quite a funny image. But yeah, if you want to, like, imagine me, then I, I guess I'll just be more organic. Yeah. So basically, that's why I might trip over my words. You'd be surprised how much I do that. You'd be surprised. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. It's been two minutes. I need to read you this funny story. He's never going to put away that shirt. By Brenda Janowitz. I would not let the shirt defeat me. It had been sitting on top of a cabinet in our upstairs hallway, just outside of our bedroom, for days. There must have been a reason it landed there. Perhaps my husband, Doug, was about to wear it one day and changed his mind. Maybe he was rushing to work and didn't have the time to put it away. We have two small children, mornings are hectic. Wyatt ended up in the hallway, a mere seven steps from his actual closet in our bedroom, was a mystery. Oh my god, I can so see this being you. It's not as if the hallway is his normal changing room. This is, this is me at you. This, this story is me at you. <laughs> After a week, I grabbed the shirt and brought it to his closet, but I was angry as I walked those seven steps, because by doing so, I was essentially teaching him that if he left things out long enough, I'd take care of them. All day long, I picked up after our sons, who were nine and seven. Should I have to pick up after my husband as well? The shirt in question was a white polo, seemingly innocuous. At first, I thought it was funny he'd left it there for so long. Was he unable to see it? Was my mind playing tricks on me? Did the shirt even exist? I knew I shouldn't turn a little thing like this into a big thing. That's exactly the kind of nitpicking and scorekeeping that can destroy a marriage. Well, that's quite intense. Still, it bothered me. I told my mother. Your husband is a doctor, she said. He doesn't have time to put away shirts. Just put it away for him. That's such a classic and annoying mother thing to say. 
I told my therapist. <laughs> I can so imagine this being me going to a therapist being like, oh, Anna's covered with this around the floor. <laughs> oh, I told my therapist. You don't have to nag, she said. Just mention it in passing. Reflect. Say, oh, that shirt is still sitting there. I didn't listen. Instead, I decided to conduct an experiment. I would not move the shirt. I would see how long it took for Doug to put it away. Every day that passed, I reminded myself I was taking a stand. There was no going back. This is so, such a mood. Every marriage has its own way of functioning. As a writer who works from home, I do most of the things a stay-at-home mum does. Laundry, cooking, taking care of the children. I do much more than that, but you get the gist. Doug works full-time as a doctor and is on call every third night and every third weekend. When he's home, he helps more than most husbands I know. He takes out the garbage, unloads the dishwasher, insists on putting the boys to bed on nights when he can. He does much more than that, but you get the gist. Like many husbands, he often details all of the things he does around the house, eager for his gold star. Doug is a wonderful husband and father, but this wasn't about the division of labour. This was about me cleaning up after him, and I didn't want to do it. So the experiment continued. The shirt would stay on top of the cabinet as long as he let it. It was like playing a game of chicken, though without an opponent. <laughs> I would visit the shirt each morning, looking for clues. Was it an inch to the left? Had he picked it up, thinking he would return it to his closet and then changed his mind? Sometimes I thought so, but upon closer inspection, no. The shirt had not moved. Not an inch. Was the shirt lonely out there in the hallway? <laughs> I find it so funny. She wrote this entire story, like this entire like story about this shirt. Also something that I would do. Prepare for whenever something like, I don't know what to say, like tiny, menial happens around our house. I will write a story and publish it in the New York Times. <laughs> Was the shirt lonely out there in the hallway? Did it miss its multicoloured polo friends in the closet who were getting trotted out and shown off on weekends and casual Fridays? At times it seemed as if the shirt was actually speaking to me as I walked by, pleading with me. It would be so easy for you, the shirt said, to pick me up and bring me home. This is your home now, I would think. <laughs> She's so dramatic, I love her. Weeks passed. Months. Some days I wouldn't even notice the shirt. Other days I would seethe. I started telling friends about it. Their opinions about what I should do were like a Roschach test. Revealing the dynamic of each marriage as being either healthy and communicative. Did you tell him you're upset? Or servile and repressed? Just put it away, it's only a shirt. Six months later... And I'm presuming she's in the, in the middle ground, the grey area of being neither healthy and communicative nor servile and repressed. She's just, like, conducting her little experiment. Six months later, the shirt was still there, having joined the permanent exhibit of precious items displayed there. A photo of my mother with our boys, my grandmother's candlesticks, and my husband's white polo shirt, which had become meaningful for a vastly different reason. Reason. 
See, I don't understand. Like, surely would it would it not annoy Doug to also walk past this shirt on like this like regular like thing in the hallway? Like that was that's just like glaringly obvious. Like, would you not put it? I don't understand why that's taken so long. Doug and I, in our ten years of marriage, had been through a lot. When I was pregnant with our first son, my mother collapsed and collapsed and needed emergency open heart surgery. The night before her surgery, I was heaving with tears, unable to catch my breath, certain she would die, and Doug, rubbing my back, assured me that everything would be fine. And he was right. Then, at 31 weeks of pregnancy, I went into preterm labour. The night I was admitted to hospital, a resident told me a list of things that could go wrong with my pregnancy as he looked to Doug, an attending physician at the hospital, for approval. Doug told him he could leave, and as the door shut, he told me everything would be fine, and it was. I delivered a healthy boy at 34 weeks. When our son was one month old, Doug's father learned he had brain cancer. Doug didn't tell me everything was going to be fine, and it wasn't. His father died 15 months later, at which point I was pregnant again. The last conversation Doug had with his father was when he told him I was pregnant only five weeks along. That's so sad. With my second child at 28 weeks, I went into preterm labour again. I stayed in the hospital for three weeks on bed rest, away from my husband and almost two-year-old son, fearing for the life inside of me. Blindness and deafness were possibilities for him, if he even survived. But at 31 weeks, I delivered another healthy baby boy, whom we named for my father-in-law. We had survived scares and tragedies, and our marriage was stronger for it. But that shirt... (laughs) I was so moving for a second there, and then we're back to this shirt. I'm not going to lie, I don't know whether I've known a pettier woman. <laughs> Actually, no, that's I, me. I know a pettier woman. But that shirt, I knew it was just a shirt, but the longer I left it there, the more it grew into a symbol of something bigger. After all, I was raising two sons, and they couldn't grow up thinking a mother's job was to pick up after everyone in the house. They needed to learn to pick up after themselves. They needed to learn how to deal with their own messes, big or small. I wouldn't always be there to clean up, either literally or figuratively. I started noticing the shirt again and imagining its movements. Was Doug picking it up and then putting it down again, refusing to put it away? That would be insane. I even picked it up once or twice on days when my resolve was fading. But I was dug in. I could not let the shirt win. (laughs) And then, one day, the shirt was gone. I could barely believe my eyes. You put the shirt away, I said to my husband that evening, incredulous. What shirt, he said. The one in the upstairs hallway. Oh, yeah, he said, as if it were no big deal. As if I hadn't developed a relationship with that shirt. As if it didn't mean something to me. He detailed a list of other chores he'd completed, giving me a bright smile, waiting for his gold star. Thank you, I said. Oh, it was nothing. I also put away those socks of yours that were in the mudroom. What socks? The socks in question turned out to be my sweat socks for exercising. Or, more accurately, the socks for when I planned to exercise but didn't. And instead of leaving them where they didn't belong, my husband had kindly put them away for me, which made me feel even more silly for having made such a big deal out of his stupid shirt. Here's the thing about marriage. We commit to sticking together for richer or poorer, through sickness and health, and during good times and bad, assuming that the tough tough times are the stress test. But what if it's the opposite? What if the hard times bring out our best and make us focus on what's important, 
while the danger zone is when we grow so complacent that we can afford to obsess over a neglected shirt for eight months. Eight months! Eight months. He really left it there for eight months. And so, it seems, had I. Wow, that was such a fun story. (laughs) The woman wrote in a really funny way. She was... (laughs) she's my spirit animal like I could hear her calling to me through that that's also so funny that she left her socks out this is exactly the kind of bullshit that just like happens to go on inside your mind bless Doug no that was really nice I can't wait to (laughs) well this is the thing I have cleaned up after you sometimes but I know that, like, you do, you do, you're not necessarily messy. You do, like, it does stress, when it gets to a certain point, it does stress you out, and then you do clean it if you have time, but, like, you would never really make time for cleaning. Like, it would never be that big for you. And, like, you would you would be content to let mess occur. I don't know. Like, I am happy to sometimes help you out with tidying. Just because, just like, I like doing nice things for you. I like, like, the things that I am able to do for you. Like, I like doing them. But also, I can so see myself, like, if you leave something somewhere, I'll be like, oh, well, I'm not picking that up. <laughs> wow. Can't wait for our nice, clean and tidy house. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, like, grinning right now, and I'm not really sure why. Yeah, that was nice. Anyway, um, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this. I hope you've enjoyed my voice. I hope you've enjoyed <sighs> the shirt. <laughs> An entire story about the shirt. Um, and yeah, I love you very much. I don't know why I said that so weirdly. I love you. I love you so much. You are everything to me. Shirt or no shirt? Actually, preferably no shirt, if you know what I'm saying. (laughs) You know, I like you with shirts on, but I like you better with shirts off. (laughs) Um, yeah. No, that's, that's, that's it for me. That's all I've got. I love you, baby. Good night. Sleep well. Dream of me and our house together and our doggo and our little garden and me coming, I don't know, either one, me coming to the door and you greeting me with our doggo or vice versa, you coming back home and me like... I, I can so see myself, like, sp- like I'm in the kitchen, you know, which is obviously, like, near the front of the house. You know, I'm doing my thing, and, like, I see you coming into our driveway. And I, like, drop everything. And, like, even before you come inside, like, I run outside and give you a massive hug. I can so see myself being such, like, a needy wife. Like, it's just so needy. <laughs> if that's not true already. But, yeah. I'm very excited for it. Um, yeah, I love you very much. 
Good night. Sleep well. My baby.